in chapter 4, 1 Chronicles in chapter 4, and uh, there's a lot of uh, names here, Russian, German, Polish names uh, that are here that are hard to read, uh, but right in the midst of that, in verse number 23, <clears throat> the Bible says this, these were the potters, and those that dwelt among the plants and hedges, and there they dwelt with the king for his work. And I want you to notice these words again. I have them underlined in my Bible. These were the potters. And then that last line, with the king for his work. I'm going to preach this morning for a few minutes on the subject, the king's potters. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word this morning. Lord, unless we lift you up in your word, we would have met in vain. And Lord, unless the Holy Spirit would meet with us to magnify your word in our hearts and in our minds, we would have had nothing more than a fellowship. And Lord, our world is in dire need of more than fellowship. We need to have a visit of the sweet Holy Spirit again and a resurrection of your word in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes, our churches, and Lord, certainly in our nation. We have a hurting world today. We have yet more mourning families this morning in Louisville. How sad it is. Our nation needs you, and I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Recently, I was walking through this building as I have since we built this building, and it's been my practice for these 30-plus years to go through the buildings, not just during the week, but especially on Sunday morning. And I walk up and down every aisle, and I think of the different folks that sit in our church. I am learning where you're sitting, and some of you need to make up your mind where you're going to sit so I can keep up with you. Some of you are moving around on me, but I know about the area you have settled in anyway. And I pray for you, and I pray for the needs of our people, and I mean that, and I, I pray for you. There are many, I, I would say 300 prayer requests that I could call this morning as I go through the names and needs of our church and your families and the burdens that you carry. Recently, as I was walking through the building and and I also go to every place in the building and I go to the uh, organ and I pray for my wife and I go to the uh, seats of the musicians and I pray for them and I pray for Miss Mitchell and I, I called her Miss Clanny this morning and the Lord said it's Miss Mitchell. I've known her since a child as Miss Clanny and now she's married and I'm learning. <clears throat> I pray for our men that sit on the platform. I, I walk through the building. I thank the Lord for the boys and girls and the teenagers and the ladies that cleaned the building. And I became a bit overwhelmed with joy and appreciation about the many people who are a part of our church and make our church go and grow week after week and now for all these years. There are many ministries and activities of our church that are not just on one property but now four different properties as the Lord has blessed us with the camp there in Garrett County and we still have the church there on Clays Mill Road. More than 2,000 people will be on that property yesterday and today for church. Our college property at the, on Versailles Road and our school there at 
uh, on Clay's Mill Road, and I was just overwhelmed by the number of people that work and serve in our church. As I thought of the many people who are a part of our church and a part of our work, I came across this passage of Scripture. This is one of those passages of Scripture that's tough to read because it has all of those names. There's not any uh, Bills and Bobs and Jims and Jeffs and Sues and uh, Sarahs in there. They're all difficult names, and sometimes uh, you, you just skip through them. And I listen to them, and I've listened to different narrators of the Bible. And one thing that's encouraged me, I've heard three different narrators, and they all pronounce the names different, so I don't feel bad when I call them a different name as well. But sometimes there's a statement or a few words that are in there that would just, that, 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 that would just come alive. And such was the case when I read uh, verse number 23, thinking about the many people that are part of our church and its work. These were the potters. These were the potters. With the king for his work. Now, it may seem insignificant at first, but when you think about what these people were doing, it is not insignificant, but it is very important. You see, among the many servants of the king, there were potters. Due to the need in these days for bowls and basins and cookware and vases, the work of a potter was a very common work and a common trade Potter's houses were everywhere. And we read from Jeremiah chapter 18 where the Lord took Jeremiah down to the potter's house. And it could have been these potters that made pottery for the king. I thought for a few minutes about what a potter does. And the work of a potter is basically dirty work. I've been to a few potter houses and the material that they use is mud or clay, wet, sticky, slick, and, and, and just different types of that red clay. The location where the clay is found and where it's gathered from is dirty work. The place of the potter's wheel and the kiln is a dirty place. The hands of a potter are always dirty. You ever seen the hands of the potter? They're often, often calloused and, and they're oft, often marked and you can tell uh, that that's a potter's hands. Uh, we met a potter uh, some time ago in uh, Pigeon Forge in Tennessee and uh, we got to meet the master potter and talk to him. The potter's clothes were not like the clothes that the priest wore. They were not uh, decorative at all. The potter's clothes were different than that of the Levites and it would be different than that of the singers who sang in the synagogue and oftentimes sang uh, before the king. Uh, they weren't like the cupbearers to the kings or the maids or those that would wear a royal garment of some kind because these were uh, in the presence of the king. But the potters, uh, they weren't in the presence of the king but they were there for the work of the king. Think about it. They made vessels for the food on the table of the king. They made the vases that would adorn the palace of the king. They made the bowls that the king was served from. You see, they were the king's potters. Think about it. They were servants of the king. It was a part of everyday life and not just occasionally, not just a ceremony that was every few weeks or months, but there was something that the potter made in every part of the 
king's life most every day from the, uh, from the vase of the water that he would wash from, from the uh, bowls that he would eat from or his serve, uh, would be served from or the uh, beautiful vases, no doubt, that would hold the flowers uh, that would adorn his table. And I think of the importance of the king's potters thinking about the many people in our church and the work of our church, I thought, that's what we are. We're the king's potters. That's what we do. We, we work to take people. The Bible says that we're to go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. But we're not just interested in folks coming for a day of fellowship. We're not interested in folks coming just for the food, though I thoroughly enjoy that. I've already taken a sneak peek to see, and there are peanut butter pies available today. I'm a satisfied preacher. But that's not why. That's not the purpose. We enjoy that. We have fun with that. You know what the purpose is? We want to see folks come to know Christ as Savior and to become a servant or a vessel of honor for the King. What a wonderful thing when you realize, I don't care if my work is dirty. I don't care if it's out of sight. I, I, I don't care what it is. If I get to be a King's potter, hey, that's a wonderful life to live. It's interesting uh, the illustration that the Lord used to speak to Jeremiah as Brother Young led us in the reading in Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah was a prophet to Judah in a time of spiritual decline and even judgment. He was a preacher of righteousness. He spoke against the false prophets. He spoke against their idolatry. In fact, he was such a bold and preacher of righteousness that they threw Jeremiah into the prison. They didn't want to hear Jeremiah. They hired their own prophets that would tell them what they wanted to hear rather than what they needed to hear. Jeremiah was not a man that was bitter. He was not a man that was angry. He so loved his nation that his heart was broken for the nation of Israel. In fact, his heart was so broken that he wept often he wanted to see his nation restored back to faith in God and he became known as the weeping prophet. Not only did he pen the words in the book that is named after him, the book of Jeremiah, but he also, he also penned the words of what is called the lamentations or the weepings of Jeremiah. And he pointed out constantly, it is their sin that separated them not only from God, but the great blessings of God. God is a wonderful God. He loves us. He wants to bless us. He desires to bless us. But Jeremiah said he can't bless us if we, if we live and worship in idolatry. We've got to worship the one true God that delivered us from bondage and gave us a land and made us a nation. Jeremiah was patriotic. He loved his nation. And in this passage of scripture in Jeremiah chapter 18, when he takes him to the potter's house, perhaps it was the king's potter, he gives him an object lesson and he tells Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, could not I do with the house of Israel what this potter is doing with this piece of clay? 
And he saw a potter that not only had taken the clay and placed it on the wheel and begun the spinning process and then the molding with his hands, but sometime during the making of that vessel, he picked that up off the wheel and he put it back to the molding table and he started kneading or folding that clay because it was not satisfactory to the potter. And so he took that clay and he started kneading it and putting it back in and put it back on the wheel again to make it something that was pleasing to him. He said, Jeremiah, could not I as God do what, uh, do what the potter is doing with that piece of clay? Could not I do that with the nation of Israel? He was encouraging Jeremiah, keep on preaching. Keep on prophesying. Even though they may, have, they may dislike you and may, even though there may be a crowd that wants you to die in prison, you keep doing right because I can do with the nation what the potter is doing with the clay. I'm glad today to be in the business of helping the master potter being a king's potter. May I say there are times... I, like Jeremiah, look at our nation and I wonder sometimes, is there any hope? I was telling Senator Mays Bledsoe this morning before the service, and I've known for a long time, and, and she served our city uh, as a city council person and, and, and has always been a blessing and a friend to us. And, and I, I was telling her, I, I don't have hobbies. I don't have anything I do. I don't golf or fish. I, I said, I, I was going to say a few months ago that I golf once a year. And I said mistakenly, I golf once a week. And somebody after church that had been with me that once a year said, if you golf once a week, you're the worst golfer I've ever been with. But, but I don't golf. I, I, I occasionally I, I do, and I, I go for the fellowship. But one of the things I do, because I love my nation, I love my state so much, I watch the work of our senators and our representatives. And so many times I watch them stand and plead for what's right. And so many times that I, I've, I've watched them voted down. And I've thought, you know, sometimes... I think there's not a lot of hope. No doubt there are times, and I text them, and I pray for them, and I pray with them, and I, and I do, I stand with them. If, if I have anything that I do consistently, I watch them in their work as they go through. This time was a short session. That short, short session's a very long short session, a lot of work. I can't tell you how many times I've fallen on my knees in tears and said, oh, God, help them to stand and then help them to stay encouraged and keep standing for right, even when it seems like a, a, a flood, a tide is coming against them. Jeremiah is taken by the Lord to the potter's house, and he gives him encouragement, and he said, Jeremiah, can't I do with the nation? Can I do what the potter has done with the vessel? And I want to say today, thank God there is hope for America, and it's not within the halls of government. It's when the it's when the hearts of God's people when we turn to righteousness and we support and we push that which is right it's God that can turn a nation around I'm glad to be a part of God's potters we've had the privilege to see many churches started from our church more than 60 churches have started from our church not just in the state but around the nation and even around the world 
Last week, more than 6,000 people were in churches that we have been blessed to be a part of, churches that we had helped to start. And I believe that's what we do as a church is we're, we're making vessels for the king. That's what educators do. That's what educators are supposed to do is understand, first of all, that the children belong to God. And then the children belong to the parents. Children don't belong to the government. Children belong to God. Children belong to their parents. And they work to make and mold them into a vessel of honor, into a vessel of, of, of society that contributes and helps and makes us a nation that's strong uh, in the sight of God. I desire not only to see our nation strong, I desire to see homes in America restored. Satan has attacked the institution of the home. Like no other single thing in this nation, he has attacked the home. He has attacked marriage. He has brought about many complicated issues to the families, from abuse to mental illness, from loneliness to depression and even suicide. But God has designed the home to be a happy place. Many years ago as I began to serve as a pastor here and I began to see our church grow, I didn't want it to just grow in number. I'm glad for today. But the real growth of the church is not the number of people that are in church. My heart's desire is to see our families growing, not just in church, but growing in home as a strong spiritual found, a building block. And that's what our nation was founded upon. To see moms and dads rearing their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's a blessing to me not only to have performed wedding ceremonies for couples 20, 25, 30 years ago now. Uh, to do the wedding ceremonies for their children. And then see them to have children. And I'm not getting old. I just have a lot of experience. And, uh, but to see them to have children and to watch them. Uh, bring them to the nursery and children's church and Christian school. And all of the different activities of our church. As I sat back here in the building on Thursday night. And I watched our teenagers present the play It Is Well. And the story of the hymn It Is Well With My Soul by Horatio Spafford who was a tremendous supporter and a helper of D.L. Moody and how they went through the great Chicago fire and it burned 14 blocks and how they faced great difficulty. His wife going to Europe with their four daughters were hit by another ship in the midst of the sea. The wife survived. The four daughters died. And I watched as they portrayed that story. Boy, I tell you, it was emotional to see all that they went through. And then when Mr. Spafford, who was delayed because of his, because of his interest in, 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 in real estate property, he had to stay behind because of a meeting of the Chicago uh, Council there. And uh, he was going on a boat the next week, and they told Mr. Spafford that following week, uh, we're in the place where your children uh, drowned, where they died at sea. And it was there that Mr. Horatio Spafford wrote the hymn, It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Not only did that bless me, it blessed me to see young people. I'm talking about teenagers, clean, decent, neat, young people presenting that truth and teaching not just another generation, but the generation ahead of them. Have faith in God. It's well with my soul. Yesterday as our buses ran all over the city and, 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 and into other towns, 
More than 1,600 children yesterday heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, you're in a church, yes, but you're in a pottery. We're not trying to build a name. Jesus already has a name that's above every name. You can't build a name greater than that. We're not interested in building a name. We'll lift up his name. What are we doing? We're working as a pottery shop to build, to see our nation rebuilt, to see families built on a solid foundation of the word of God. And I want to challenge you here today. Rear your children to know God. Rear your children to love God. Rear your children to read the word of God. We need to raise our children to love him. The Bible says in Psalm 127, 3, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. Ephesians 6, and your fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Some 25 years ago, I was in the gymnasium at our property. Some of you have heard me tell the story. And they came to me and they said, Preacher, one of our little girls that rides a bus was in a house fire last night. Her name was Kelly Cox, nine years old. And Brother John C., who was our bus director then, he pastors a great church in Maryland now. He and I went to the hospital to see Kelly. When we got there, the doctor was coming out of the burn unit. I introduced myself. I said, I'm Pastor Fugit, Claysville Baptist Church. I'm here to see Kelly Cox. And he said, Pastor, Kelly was not in the fire, but her body is filled with smoke. She's not going to live. You can go in, but she's not conscious. Brother C and I went to the went to the uh, 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 room where the family was and there was probably 35, 40 people in there and I said, I'm Pastor Fugit. I'm from Clays Mill Baptist Church to see Kelly Cox. A lady raised her hand. She said, I'm Kelly's mother. She was weeping as all the family was. I went back to the church and I said to the secretary, it may have been Mrs. Harris or Mrs. Miss Tyra then, and, uh, it, and I said, do you have any record of Kelly Cox who rides our buses to Sunday school. you have any record of her trusting Christ as Savior? I'll, I'll never forget. It was a few minutes after that. She came into my office and she was holding up a decision card like we have down here. And she was waving it over her head. She said, Preacher, last November, Kelly trusted Christ as her Savior. Brother C preached her funeral the following Tuesday morning. Her school teacher was there at the funeral, and after the service, he told Brother C. the story. He said, recently I had the children to take a piece of paper and number it one to a hundred. And I told them, I want you to list all of your favorite people and places that are in your life. List, list your favorite places to go. List your favorite people one to a hundred. She said, when Kelly turned in her paper, number one, her favorite place in all the world to go was to church. She rode a bus every Sunday to church. Her second favorite place to go was to church. Her third favorite place to go was to church. In fact, she turned in her paper 100 times. She'd written the word church on her paper. It was her favorite place in all the world to go. You see, Sunday school teacher, you're not just teaching a lesson. You're making pottery for the king. 
You, 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 uh, youth leaders, you're not, you're, not just, you're not just having fun and games. You're not just teaching a lesson. You're making pottery for the king. Uh, you're making a servant for the king. There are men and ladies who serve on our church staff. That was one day a rider on a church bus, and they came on a church bus. Their family didn't come to church, and no one cared if they ever went to church. But those buses went, and they brought them to church. And as a result, not only were they saved, they gave their life to serve God. One of the most encouraging things about this story is the fact that when Jeremiah saw the potter and God is pointing out the work of the potter, he pointed out the fact not only that he made pottery, but he remade pottery. Aren't you glad to know that when we're broken by life and broken by sin and broken by wrong decisions and broken by bad behaviors that when we give our lives to God He can make us whole and He can make us usable again. That's what church is. This is just a big pottery place. There's a few crackpots around but there's... What would you expect? Oh, how I desire to see individuals come to know Christ as Savior. What a joy it's been in this past week to be able to take the Bible a one-on-one and tell folks about the fact that we're all sinners. Last Sunday after church, we had dismissed. We'd already baptized. And little Jacob was waiting for me back here. His grandmother texted me and Jacob Gayhart and she said Jacob would like to talk to you and I sat down back there in the back row with him most everybody was gone there was maybe 25 people here and I took the Bible and I showed Jacob he said he said preacher I need to be saved I want to be a Christian I want to go to heaven I said Jacob let me show you something first of all you have to realize that we're all sinners Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 3 I said do you know what sin is he looked at me with a guilty look and he said We know what sin is. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I don't know any one of us would be foolish enough to say, I'm as perfect as God is. I know I'm going to heaven. I'm like God. No, we've all come short of the glory of God. The wages of our sin is death. And I showed him in Revelation chapter 20, those that died in their sin, they're cast into the lake of fire. I said, Jacob, if you died right now, where would you go? He got a scared look on his face and he pointed down. So you don't want to die and go to hell. That's why God gave his son that you could have eternal life. He don't want you to have fear and worry and anxiety. He wants you to have hope and assurance that you're going to heaven. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Would you like to do that? He nodded his head. Little red-haired boy, just as cute as could be. Reminded me of myself when I was nine years old. We got up out of our seat and we got on our knees. And Jacob began to pray. He said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I receive you as my Savior. I want to go to heaven. When he stood up, he not only smiled, tears just shot out of his eyes. I mean, it was the happiest cry you'll ever see. I said, Jacob, if you died now, where would you go? He said, I'd go to heaven. Dear friend, that's what the work of the church is. We're making vessels for the king. We're the king's potters. 
We, 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 we may not be where the priests are. We may not be where the Levites or the scribes or the singers, but that's okay. I'll take my place in the pottery. I like to go uh, where folks are uh, lost in sin, and that's what our buses did, and that's what our soul winners do, and that's the work of the church. Our job is not just to meet, to see one another and to show off uh, what we might have or uh, uh, what we might have done. Our job as a church is going to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. I love the work of being a potter. I love the work of seeing lives reclaimed. I read the story recently. A man was, this is an old story. A man was broke down beside the road driving a T-model Ford. Now you don't see many Fords broken down, but this did in fact, because it was such a rare occasion that made history. Now, I'm going to preach truth whether you like it or not. You can squirm in your seat. You can do all you want to, but anyway. He had the hood up on that Model T Ford, and he was frustrated because he couldn't get the truck to run. A limousine pulled in behind him. A man stepped out of the limousine wearing a nice business suit. And he said to the frustrated driver of the Model T Ford, he said, Sir, can I help you? And he looked at him and said, What would a man ride in a limousine wearing a suit like that? What, what could you do to help? The man took off his coat. He rolled up his sleeves. He started working on the truck. And after a few minutes with grease and gasoline on his hands, he said, Try it now. And the truck started up. Car, or the truck's owner was grateful. He was beyond grateful and he said, Sir, how much do I owe you? And the response was an amazing response. He said, Nothing is due. My name is Henry Ford. I'm the creator of this car and it really bothers me to see one broke down on the side of the road not doing what I made it to do. And God looks down from heaven and he sees man and he said, I didn't make you to be broke down in life. I made you to have the joy and happiness of the Lord as Jesus prayed that they would have my joy and their joy would be full. I didn't make you to live life broke down beside the road. Jesus can fix it. He created us to be made in his image and to worship him and enjoy the life God's given. And so I say today, the church is the king's pottery house. Let's continue to win every person we can to Christ. Let's continue to build every family we can for Christ. Let's continue to pray as we work to win people to Christ to see our nation restored again to the blessings of the Lord. Stand with me, if you will, this morning. Thank you so much for listening so well. Thank you so much. You may be here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior. You ought to pray and receive Christ as your personal Savior. You shouldn't wait till next week. You shouldn't wait till tomorrow. The Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Perhaps you've been saved and you've not yet followed the Lord in believer's baptism. The water is warm, the clothes are ready. You ought to follow him in believer's baptism this morning. Maybe your life is like that car broke down beside the road and the creator is saying, may I help you?
You ought to let him get your life put back together again. Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us work in the king's pottery business. Our hearts are heavy and we hurt for what goes on in our state and in our nation. We hear of crime day after day and we hear of all of these terrible things. And Lord, we know the only answer is faith in you. And Lord, our job is to rescue the perishing and care for the dying. The gospel is not just an option. God, you're not just an option. You're the answer. And I pray that you'd help us to believe it and live it in our lives. I pray for the decisions that should be made this morning that they would be. I pray that folks that are hungry for you and for your working in their life, I pray young and old that they would find a place at this altar and say, Lord, please help me that my life may be filled with your joy again and may I serve you in your will. Bless I pray in the invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. He's going to sing the invitation song. The altar is open from side to side. If you simply want to come and pray, come right now. Find a place at this altar. Say, Lord, help me. You're the only one that could put my life back together. You're the only one that can give joy and gladness again. You want to trust Christ as your Savior. Step out of your seat. There are men and ladies that are here that will take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure heaven is your home. Search me and try me, Master, today. The altar is open. Not only is not only is the altar open, God is ready to help and to meet our needs. are praying, decisions are made. You need to come. I invite you to come. Folks are preparing for baptism this morning. It's God's pottery house. That's what we're doing. We're making bowls and vessels and, and basins and basins and we're serving the king. What a joy it is to be a vessel of honor for the use of the king. have him sing one more verse of imitation song. If God's spoken to your heart you want to come pray, you want somebody to pray with you, he's going to sing one other verse and then after he's finished we'll be ready to baptize this morning. As he sings if you're not saved I plead with you today I plead with you today trust Christ as Savior I, I, I beg you don't wait till tomorrow, don't wait till next week Mr. Moody used to preach and tell folks before they would leave, think about trusting Christ this week. Think about becoming a Christian.
God spoke into your heart to do that. He didn't deal with folks at the altar. He didn't press folks in the manner of salvation. When the great Chicago fire broke out, many people's lives were taken. It changed his life, and he said, I'll never wait until tomorrow or next week to plead with someone to trust Christ as Savior. And he began to focus on those verses that say, Today is a day of salvation. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. What a joy it is to be a child of God. What a joy it is to be on the team of uh, making pottery for the king. You may be seated as we prepare for baptism this morning. Teresa Collins has trusted Christ as Savior, and she is following the Lord in believer's baptism today. Isaiah Jett has also trusted Christ as Savior. He too is following the Lord in believer's baptism. If you will, pick up a songbook if there is one. And again, we have many, several hundred songbooks ordered that will be here this week. I was hoping they'd be here before today, but they're not. And, uh, but if you'll lead us in a couple of verses of a song, we'll be ready to baptize quickly. Remain seated as we turn our song books to hymn number 277, Jesus Loves Even Me. We'll begin on verse 1, hymn 277. I am so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. On that second verse, Though I forget him and wander away, still he doth love me wherever I stray. Back to his dear loving arms would I flee when I remember that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. On that last verse, oh, if there's only one song I can sing, when in his beauty I see the great king, this shall my song in eternity be. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. This is Teresa Collins. She trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior about a week ago. So upon the profession of your faith in Jesus Christ, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his, of his death. Raised in the likeness of his resurrection.
This is uh, Isaiah Jett. He trusted Christ as a Savior a couple years ago. Upon the profession of your faith in Jesus Christ, I now baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death. Raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. And this is amen. It's amen. That's good. It's been good to be in church this morning. Amen. Thank you, guests and visitors, for coming. Thank you to our elected uh, representatives for coming. We admire and appreciate you and pray for you. And uh, thank you for, your, for the honor of you being with us today. I'm going to dismiss in groups because it's going to take a lot. Our restaurant just opened today, so be patient with us. And uh, so uh, I, I see that the sun's still shining. Shame on me for uh, making changes, but I didn't know. I thought it was going to be wind and rain. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to dismiss, first of all, Thank you, Lord, for the food. Oh, Lord, you've been so good to us. There are many countries, they don't get a meal a day. We're blessed to eat every day and in abundance. And we never, we never receive anything without being thankful for you, thankful to you. And we thank you for the food. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to dismiss our deaf folks. You can go out that door or this door and to the back building. You can be dismissed now. And then our seniors that are going to eat with us, we have food set up back there. I see servers standing back there. I believe it's Brother Dunn. And, uh, but our seniors, you may get up, and you can go to the back there, and you're going to go down that hallway, and there's a serving line, and there are chairs set up there. Please be patient with us today. I uh, helped John, and John made 520 pounds of smoked pork. Uh, there is uh, all kinds of chicken. And uh, there's sides, I'm telling you, there's food. It may take us three or four hours to eat everything we have here today. But I'm going to do my best to do my part and help somebody else as well. If you have children that went to children's church, you may be dismissed. I wish I could shake everybody's hand, hug your neck. Thank you for coming today. I appreciate you coming so much. I thank you for being here. And I hope if you're visiting, you'll come again. And then behind our deaf folk, uh, if uh, you, you may be dismissed behind them, I'll let you go ahead and go. Uh, there are to-go boxes at every serving line, and the serving lines are in the building behind, and the seniors are going back here. And uh, thank you for coming, and I'll try to catch as many as I can to shake your hand, and thank you personally for being in church with us today. Thank you.